Hey everybody, I'm Roger Martin, and I'm his brother Roger. You should have said his other brother Roger. He said, "Oh yes, come on, Roger." <laughs> Actually, I'm Bruce. I know that. I know you know that. I'll it's just... Bruce and Roger, the inglorious pastors, coming back to you for season two, season two, episode two. Deuce. So this is at every level number two. Yes. <laughs> that this should be a popular podcast. <laughs> I love. I'm just gonna make myself comfortable and let you uh, just two. take this show wherever you want to go today. Well, I've got some ideas about where we could go today that are all good. I think you're gonna like them. <laughs> First, though, I think following Roger's lead in season one, I think we should talk about sponsorship. It's a serious matter now. You know, we like to have fun, but sponsorship yeah. is all serious business. And um, that line of people we had waiting to sponsor us, um, well, there was some kind of a traffic jam there. And um, so there is a slot available for you. There is. If you would like us to plug your business, or if you just like out of the wonderful good nature of your heart, like to... Contribute to the cause. So what we worked up, and we can send you an entire like document with this. We actually have a document now. Did you know that? that that's you're you're the document guy. Yeah. So I made a whole marketing thing, which is which is nice. <laughs> but you can jump in at multiple levels. So if you're an individual, you can jump in at different levels, like you know, ten dollars a month, or you can do fifty dollars a month, or whatever. Or you can just individually say, hey, I want to sponsor one episode. That's two hundred dollars. Uh, or if you want to do a corporate sponsorship. That's $200 uh, an episode, and then we talk about you and your organization or your business or whatever at the, at the front end of the podcast and yeah. at the back end of the podcast. And, you know, the creativity you're going to get because, you know, we don't just do canned stuff. We come up with just very engaging, creative, fun kinds of things that can make your business soar, so... And you're getting that all for the low prices that Bruce talked about. It's you when you know. say you you make your their businesses soar, you you don't mean S O R E, right? <laughs> we're going we're going shooting as high as you can go, like an S O A R. So if you want your business to, in Roger's words, soar. Oh yeah, I'm talking about the sales numbers. You're going to want to sponsor the Inglorious Pastors season two. Uh, this is almost as good as The Office season two, I think. Um, I, I I don't think that, but um, but it's fun. It is it is fun. How was your weekend? Hey, I had a great weekend. So Born to Be Wild isn't sponsoring this officially, but if I was, I would be using you know the Born to Be Wild cap that you can see on my head, except for the people in podcast land, which can't, and the Born to Be Wild shirt. In fact, I have so much Born to Be Wild swag now, it's ridiculous. It, it's... Down jackets, shirts, hats, the, the whole thing. And Born to Be Wild is where we take you on two to seven day backpacking trips, and I do discipleship on the trail. I'm taking a group of 14 into the High Sierras next week. That sounds like a load of fun. It is going to be a load of fun. Are we still going to do a podcast? <laughs> well... Uh, well, I won't have any signal, so if you can get a cardboard cutout of me and put him in a chair... Then yes, you and my cardboard clone will do a wonderful podcast together. We maybe should shoot one Friday it, or something. It'll probably be our best ever. 
I can only imagine <laughs> that it would be. When, when I feel I, like it would be one-sided. Some of the things <laughs> I have always wanted to hear you say, you I, would I find would a way, that way to say. Okay, that, I don't think that's as good an idea as I thought it might be a minute ago. I'm, I'm retracting that. Why don't we do one, a second one this week and call it the, the that week's podcast. I okay. think that would be better. So, I went to an auction this weekend. Oh, no, wait, wait, wait. I didn't tell you about my weekend yet. I did ask you. I, I guess I should wait for your answer. <laughs> well, no, that's this little thing called... <laughs> I was just being nice. I didn't really actually want to know. It's, I've been doing a lot of reading on toxic relationships and how you can help people grow beyond their toxicity. One of those is to genuinely listen and care about what another person is saying. So... You know what I did my this weekend? You know, the thing that I did that I really... In answer to Roger's question, which he really didn't care at all about, I'm going to tell you. I took people on a two-day Walls of Jericho trip, and the Walls of Jericho, we've had uh, not enough rain. The waterfall was dry again. It was really weird. Really? Yeah. So we went back to the Walls of Jericho waterfall, and we saw, well, pretty much just a, a cliff. I mean, but you could tell water had been there at some point. I don't know if I've ever seen a dry waterfall. Yeah, but it was a great trip. I didn't follow an ambulance at the end of it. No one passed out. No one cut half their finger off, which by me is a successful trip. Everyone lived. So many fronts. And came back with all their limbs intact. So now, Roger. That's what you can count on with Born to be Wild trips. Yeah, everyone that has actually survived the trip has enjoyed it. That should be your slogan. <laughs> if you make it, you'll love it. So, Roger, tell us about your weekend. Because I know you're just dying to show us trinkets. Oh, uh, yes. Hey, I went to an auction. It was a live auction, you know. Whoa, it was live? Yes. You normally do estate sales where you're like, yep, it's aren't online. you writing numbers on a card? Right, or? and you're, you're, you're doing it all online. This was a live auction. Oh, that sounds very fun. And you know, with the live auction, you've got to come up with your signal to let them know you're still in, you know, so... What was your signal? Once they start, well, I don't really have a good one. You need to help me with my signal, because my signal is I just hold up my number card. You have a number card, because if you win, they need to see what number it is, because they're going to put... But you don't look like you're holding it up very high. I mean, this is like, I'm in! Oh, yeah. I'm oh, in. Oh, 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 no, no, no. I don't do anything like, like hold up... Over eager. Exactly. Right. So it's subtle. Okay. So I'll just kind of hold my sign up, just, you know, up to my shoulder. I would do this. You ready? Yeah. That can work. Just, did you see that? The slightest lift of a finger, the slightest twitch of an eyebrow. If they know you are a bidder and you're bidding and they look back and forth when the other person... Yeah, so... So for those of you in podcast land that can't see this, I'm raising my index finger... One and a half inches slowly and putting it back down. That means, yes, I'm in. What would an all-in be? Is it a, all five fingers? <laughs> well, there's all people, um, even with a starting bid, you can hold up a number. there, and Okay. So people do. So it's kind of fun to be in the auction. Do you ever get in that uh, I made a mistake competitiveness? <laughs> Like overbidding? Well, that's what they want you to do. Got An it. auction is they want, you know, you want to get, by golly, I'm going to win this thing. It becomes a contest. So so you got a small statue for $14,000. <laughs> <laughs> but at this auction, now I did win several things. Okay. And the reason I'd gone to this, it had a lot of 
very rare, one of a kind type things. And so, like, I'm holding in my hand. I just, just, You're gonna this love is this. for fun, right? Hopalong Cassidy five piece gym set. It's a, a home gym. Original box, <laughs> barbells inside. Also a plastic revolver. Revolvers. Um, Revolvers. There's nothing like this on eBay. And it's... So, if you want it, you can contact me, but I'll be. it'll be on eBay and pick so up some other stuff. are you going to sponsor stuff. this episode for $200 <laughs> with whatever you make on that trinket? No. No, I'm not. Hey, it, <laughs> it says, Strong, healthy boys and girls make a great America tomorrow. It, that's, if that's not true, I don't know what else is. <laughs> okay. That's what it says on the... And then I, yes, I got some other fun... You got to show them the old crow. The old crow, okay. Well, This the, is great. For, this, for, for those of you that are familiar with the whiskey and bourbon world, this is a bottom shelf <laughs> whiskey, and Roger bought the... He bought their mascot. Well, and it's like a, what do they call it? Bobble. It's almost like a bobblehead kind of. Oh, it's of. got a rounded bottom. Yeah, well, so it that, just sits. That didn't come out right. <laughs> oh, it's very heavy. Oh, it's quite heavy. Oh, look at this. So if it was on a flat surface. Okay, yes, so it, the old crow weighs about three ounces, but this weight is about a pound. Holy cow. Do you suppose that's filled with gold down there? Uh, that's what we're banking on. <laughs> that's what we're hoping. So If it is, I will sponsor the podcast. So there's Old Crow. That's just cool. I, If you had gotten me... I got a bunch of Old Crow stuff, so it's... Um, yeah. Anyway. Even, even Wild Turkey, I might buy it from you, but Old Crow, it's... It's old. It's old. <laughs> so there's that. So, Although I, there was a... you Yeah, you could actually get some... Real old crow in liquid form that the auction wasn't technically selling, but if it happened to be in the container you got, <laughs> did you get some? I came close, but there was some high bidding on that. Well, yeah, because now you can buy old crow in like a plastic, you know, gallon jug, which is not. They had not old... that I would know this, but that's not the way to go. They had old crow in chess piece decanters. Oh. 18 inches high. Oh, what were the vids? Um, well, they had an entire chess set with all the pieces plus extra pieces. Some of them had liquid in them, including the king and queen in the white, which are very, very, very rare. Um, I got the bidding up to about $600, and the guy got it for $650, and I bowed out. But Wow. He can probably sell that. Over time for probably two thousand dollars or more. Yep, yep. So why'd you bow out at six fifty? Um, because <laughs> the same reason why I'm not sponsoring our podcast today. <laughs> ah, okay. You I was hoping to buy a few other things, and I had a budget. Got it. Budgeting is good. <laughs> All right. So today's podcast, Roger doesn't know this because it's unscripted. Usually, Roger comes in with what he wants to talk about, but today I'm going to usurp that. And I'm going to come in what, with what I want to talk about. I had fun talking about Old Crow and Hopalong Cassidy. Which is fun. I want to talk about troubling things that Jesus said that we don't think apply to us. Which would be most of what he said, unfortunately. Right, you want me to narrow it down a little bit? Um, <coughs> excuse me. Yeah, well, well, you could start with 
one that comes to your mind, and then I'll, um, okay. So I'm going to give you a collection of them, kind of back to back to back, and then I want us to discuss the implications of it. One of them is, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. The other one is, Lord, Lord, did we not do all this really good stuff in your name? We, we cast out demons. <laughs> we healed the sick. We fill in the blank. Really, really good stuff. And it seems that they're genuinely confused. And he goes, depart from me. I never knew you. And they're sent to weeping and gnashing of teeth, which I love the way that uh, uh, Peter, Eugene Peterson describes this in the, in the message. He says, there's going to be a lot of whining and complaining. <laughs> But there's, there seems to be, they legitimately thought, they're like, what? Hey, Lord, they're using the right term. Didn't we do all this good stuff? And he said, I never knew you. And I'm tying all of that to a parable that I've been stuck on literally for, for five weeks. And I keep coming back to it. And it's this parable of the wheat and the, and the weeds. And it's interesting. It's one of the parables that he explains to his disciples because afterwards, when I read that parable, I'm like, well, it seems obvious what he's talking about. But I realize I grew up in a culture that, that unpacked that a little bit. But his disciples come to him privately and like, okay, what was the wheat, weeds parable about? Anyway, the parable is, he said there's a, there's a field and there's a sower and he sows good seed into his, into his field. And then while everyone's sleeping, an enemy comes in and sows weeds into the, to the field and they begin to grow up together. And at one point, uh, the hired hands come to, to him and say, hey, do you want us to go ahead and pull up all the weeds? Because, you know, they're growing together. And he said, nope. He said, I'm afraid if you start pulling up the weeds, you'll uproot the wheat at the same time. Let them go until harvest. In other words, until fruit forms, the, the fruit the, of, of the harvest comes. Then I'll send my laborers out and we'll collect the weeds first and we'll tie them up in bundles and throw them in the fire. And then I'll take the, the wheat and we'll store it up. And so his disciples listen to that. And the people listen to that. And, and I, I imagine... The disciples are going, here he goes with another agricultural story. <laughs> they were fishermen, so you know they may not have been quite as in tune with that particular parable. I said, explain to us the wheat and the, and the weeds. Now, this is in a, in a time where Jesus is giving constant parallels about the kingdom. Uh, this parable of the net, which has good fish in it and bad fish in it. This parable of the wheat and the weeds. This parable of uh, a mustard seed that becomes a large tree that birds perch in it. Anyway... He said, well, the field is the world. And he said, the one that's sowing good seed is the son of man. And, and when you look at that in the other places, it's the seeds of the gospel, the, the word, uh, the gospel of the kingdom of heaven. And he said that the wheat stands for the, the sons, the true sons of God that are, that are growing up and bearing fruit. He said, but the weeds are actually sown by the evil one. And he said, and, and they're going to grow together. And it won't be until the end, he actually says the end of the day, at the, at, the, at the day of judgment, he said, I will send my angels to the four corners of the earth, and they will, and this is the word to use, they will weed out everything, they will weed out of my kingdom everything that causes sin and everyone that does evil, and then the sons of the kingdom will shine as brilliant as the, as the sun. And I'm like, and this is what was troubling about it, I'm like, oh my gosh. When, I, when I've always read that before, or when I even as a pastor would, would teach about that, I would teach about how the Pharisees and the Sadducees and these religious people in their day were not going to be part of his kingdom. They thought they were in, and they said, Lord, Lord, did we not do all these good things? And I realized in the last couple of weeks, 
if Jesus was here in the 21st century, he would be talking about Christians and Christian leaders that have that are doing some good things apparently, and they're using the right terminology. But they, you can actually, it, it seems from Jesus' teaching, you can actually say the right things. Your lips, but your hearts are are far from me. And there's this thing about fruit. So that's part of what I wanted to talk about. It seems like you can, and even in the parable of the four soils where Jesus talks about one person, they hear the message of the gospel of the kingdom, but they don't understand it. And so they just don't even think about it. They just, they let it go. But it says the two other ones, the one that, that, that receives the word with joy. Now they, they receive this gospel of the kingdom with joy, maybe even believe the right things about Jesus. But as soon as trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. And then he talks about that. In other words, they don't bear fruit. The third group, they, they received the word with joy. They received the gospel, this gospel of the kingdom. But the weeds, interestingly enough, choke it out. The cares of this world, the anxieties of this life, the desire for other things, the deceitfulness of wealth, choke out the word, making it unfruitful. In other words, you have three, in that particular parable, you have three different seeds that never bear fruit. Yeah. Yeah. Two of which... <clears throat> Two of which received it with joy at a certain point. Yeah, they're like I, I want. So it was part of what I've been wrestling with. You know, and you and you know where I am. I'm, I've been talking about. I grew up in a culture that was more about if you just believe these seven Bible facts about Jesus. So Jesus is the Son of God. He came to Earth. He was born of a virgin. He lived a, a perfect life. He died on the cross for your sins. He rose again on the third day and he ascended into heaven. In other words, if you believe these certain things about Jesus. You were a Christian. You were, the word that they used in our culture was you were saved. And yet Jesus, he seems to be calling us to something deeper and further than just believing certain facts about him. He talks about a life that bears a certain kind of fruit, good fruit. Well, and the, and the word, the phrase, by your fruits you will know them. <clears throat> so at some point it's the idea that when the life of God gets in you, yes, it produces certain kinds of things. And I think we get mixed up sometimes about the kinds of things that it produces because we're very, very tuned into things that look good or sound good. So again, we do get tuned into words. Are we saying the right words? Um, are our worship forms, or we're thinking about, <clears throat> we can find ourselves very often thinking about external markers yes. that set us off. Uh, yeah, yeah, Jesus would even talk about it. You, you've, set aside, yeah. you, you've set aside the commands of God for the traditions of men. Your, your rules are just teachings of, of men, which is, a, which is another, again, it's another troubling word. I'm like, yep. how often have I personally, as a pastor, taught something that really was a rule of man, but it wasn't something that Jesus taught. I mean, it was, it was this thing that was sort of added to culture. Let, let's go to Old Crow for a minute. You know what, Art? In the culture we grew up in, <laughs> I had to go for it. Old Crow here was like absolutely out of the question. I mean, you, I mean, the idea that someone would drink whiskey or bourbon well, was we, just not even... Well, to be honest, whether it was outright said, the message often picked up is, well, people that do that kind of thing probably aren't even in the king. I mean, they're not, right. you know, they're probably not even... They're the weeds. Right, they're the kind, right. So weed people, 
would be drinking this stuff, or they might be having a <laughs> lighted thing that's smoking in their mouth. Or no, I, will, I will say this. If you're drinking Old Crow, that's probably a poor decision, <laughs> as bourbons go. <laughs> but, I, no judgment here. You're I, killing my eBay sales, I'm, 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 I'm only the second shelf up from Old Crow, okay? So... I don't have that kind of money, frankly. But I realized, I just wondered how many teachings of men that people adhere to, and they, they go to church, they, they give at church, they believe certain things about Jesus. And it scares me to death to imagine that there's going to be many, and using Jesus' words in just a minute, who are on this broad road that leads to destruction. They're, they're checking boxes. They believe certain things about Jesus, but they don't believe Jesus enough to actually obey him to actually follow him. And I, all, I, all I can do is tell my story. For years, Roger, I believed certain things about Jesus, yeah. but it didn't change my life. It didn't, it didn't change the way I lived that, my that life. That fruit thing. That whole, that, well, that whole fruit thing. So I believed, even theologically, I believed certain things that, that I understood to be right or that I was taught to be right, but it didn't change fundamentally who I was. In other words, when I was, and we've talked about this before, you know, when I was four years old, it's like hell or Jesus. And I'm like, well, Jesus, you know, because that just sounds like mm -hmm. an easy thing. But it wasn't until age nine, uh, at 22 that I actually began the journey of following Jesus. <laughs> and guess what? That's when Jesus began to change my heart. Mm -hmm. So he took a womanizing, materialistic, angry, narcissistic 22-year-old, really, and he's, I mean, he's, and when I look back, you know, when I, in my 20s where I was and in my 30s where I was and in my 40s where I was and now in my 50s where I am now, I realize he's continuing to change my heart. He's continuing to grow me. He, whereas probably in, in my 20s, maybe even in my 30s, the early years of pastoring, I would have never even imagined myself potentially to be a weed. Yeah. Because we, I grew up, we, I think we grew up in a culture where if you check certain boxes, it was assumed, well, you're not, you're, you couldn't be a weed. You're, right. you're obviously wheat, but then, but then there wasn't this fruit of love. Or even if you take the fruit of the spirit that Paul talks about, love, joy, peace, kindness, goodness, patience. Uh, self-control. Self-control, <laughs> meekness. This, yeah. this, 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 it's not the refusing of power, but it sort of is. You know, again, when you keep reading Jesus, he was very, he could have been the most well-known celebrity of his day, and he would constantly tell people, don't tell anyone I did this, don't tell folks that you know, wasn't trying to build, right. he was building a kingdom, but not the Jesus brand exactly. Yeah. So that, I, that's troubling. And I still pray. I mean, you talk about dangerous prayers. God, show me if there are, are there places in my heart where, where there's a weed that's forming or that I'm, because I want to follow Jesus. I don't want to just know certain things about Jesus. I don't, I don't want to just have a correct theology about Jesus or parse scripture per, I want to be doing the stuff that Jesus said to do. Because at the end of the day, yeah. he said, teach people to obey everything yeah. that I've commanded. Yeah, and, I, it, and so you know, when you first asked the question, I, you know, what are some of the things that Jesus says that we don't apply to ourselves? And what I would say... No, I think you said that. I, would say, <laughs> I just said they were troubling. <laughs> Uh, but anything, for instance, Jesus said to the Pharisees. Yep. Oh, yeah. I can remember, for instance, just even for myself, just checking out. And, and right. part of this was yep. an idea Pharisees were just harsh, 
crotchety old uh, men who were just um, arrogant and and you could actually see dust coming off their robes. Right, and if you if you pictured them, they were not smiling. Nope. Um, they would be frowning, that furrowed brow. They might have a pointed finger. Um, and the 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 thinking was, it, it, Pharisees were a certain kind of people. So when Jesus would talk about Pharisees, we would never think put, put ourselves. Okay, no, no, oh, I'm not that. Because I'm an, I'm a nice person, or I, um, or I believe in Jesus. See, they didn't, you know, they didn't. Um, they didn't believe in Jesus. But here's this: the reality is, um, I would say I would encourage people when you're reading something Jesus says to the Pharisees, stop, pause, That's and, a great word. and do what Bruce said, which is, God, could this be me? Just don't automatically assume that, <clears throat> and again, because we, we can almost, we can literally demonize the Pharisees or the Sadducees, those religious leaders, right? <laughs> and, okay, these people who, put, who have a certain class of sinners, but don't tell me in the Christian community, in the evangelical community, we don't have classes of sinners. Mm. We don't have the moments where we think, you know, I'm not like that person. I don't do that. Oh, there are just, okay, oh, that sin is a perversion. My arrogance or my judgmentalism is not, is it, not a perversion. I mean, I can see that as wrong, but it, it, okay, a, a, a flaw maybe, maybe not ideal. I need to work on that. Um, <laughs> but, but where we'll save words like perversion or um, evil um, for certain, I'm just saying the same kinds of things that you'll catch the Pharisees doing, I see us doing. So I remember this time when it hit me, I think of this reminder from God, don't dismiss anything Jesus says to a Pharisee. Do not blow by it. And I'll add, same thing with the Old Testament prophets. You're reading along the Old Testament prophets who actually said some things very similar to Jesus. Mm -hmm. Same core author there. Well, in uh, fact, Jesus was quoting. <laughs> yes. He was quoting, I think, Isaiah. Isaiah. But you look at Isaiah and listen, the people, Isaiah, I think sometimes we think he starts, these people are going to honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. And then he said, I don't even want your worship, and I don't even want, and then I'm going to detail your your evil deeds. And then he'll, he'll end up saying things like, you're not taking care of the fatherless. You're not standing up no. for the oppressed. You're not. So here he's not even just saying you're oppressing. He's saying you're not defending those who are oppressed. You're not at a, at a level of you're entirely missing my heart. And again, what I think we sometimes do, yeah. we'll look at those people. Oh, those were just awful. No, they were us. These are people that, listen, they were going to worship services. These weren't, these right. were people who were certain they were in. They were certain God was happy with them. They were going to worship and they were singing songs. So when the prophet comes to them and says, oh my goodness, you're honoring me with your lips. Your words are right. Yep. Did we not say certain things? Did we not speak so? But, but your heart, 
They, were, I think they were incredulous. What? That? What? Uh, it can't be talking to us. No, it can't be talking. Well, to and us. that's why so many of the prophets got killed, right. or thrown in pits, or put in stocks, or any number of other things. By really nice people who love God. Well, it, it's it, sobering how we react to. So, so yeah. your word is so good. Any word that Jesus gives to the Pharisees or the Sadducees or the teachers of the law or the rich young ruler, yes, I need to stop and and assume that he's speaking to me. To me, because otherwise I'll I'll miss it. I, I realize there's all sorts of and of course you and I have probably been more inclined to talk about all the wonderful things that he would say to to a, to a prostitute or a tax collector or you know because he was super. Inclusive, but then when you look closely at, at, at just his teaching, and it does seem that he reserved his most harsh rebukes and calls to repentance, not not to the not to the quotes the notorious sinners of their day, right? But to the religious people, and that and I just and I've been wrestling with this for weeks. And here's the other part of that parable that I still wrestle with that I think is fascinating. It it seems, and I'd be curious to get your take on this. It seems you can't always tell. In other words, it's not up to you and I. It's not up to Roger and Bruce out who's in and who's not in. Oh, this one's real. This one's not real. Jesus says, by your fruit, you'll know them. So there's certain times that I'm seeing, sensing, watching something. I'm like, oh, that's, just not the, that's just not the heart of Jesus. I, I, I'm not trying to make a determination about whether they're in the kingdom or not. This is something that Jesus, he said, he said, Bruce, if you, if you try to weed everyone out and that now, you're going to be pulling up the wheat with the weeds. You can't. So, so I, I try to live in this space of, I'm not going to judge other people. I am going to make judgments about myself. What's going on in my own heart? Where yeah. where am I in terms of what of what God's doing? It's it's a t it's a difficult tension though. Yes. Because there's part of our role, even as followers of Jesus, to call out the darkness yeah. when we see it. Jesus was not afraid to call out the darkness. What's scary to me is I'm like, well, I'm not perfect. Yep. So if I call out Roger, it seems hypocritical if i'm so there's a there's a certain humility that i think we have to 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 walk in all of it going back yeah. to your book partly wrong and humility that we just walk in all of the time but i realize i can't be afraid to call out evil when something's evil yeah and we can't be afraid to actually quote jesus where so well, yes. where he says a thing and we repeat it, and I think that's part of what's happening today, where again, we're not looking around and determining, nope. but but to speak the words that Jesus repeatedly said, that the prophets repeatedly said, this word that there are people who look great on the outside. I mean they're they're nice people. And they think that the basic primary fruit of the kingdom is niceness. But now, granted, <laughs> that great. should be something that's happening. That's great. But there's a whole lot of other things that Jesus will say. Listen, you know, even when you get to, the, okay, this is what people who are in my kingdom, these are the kinds of things they did. These are the kinds of people they cared for. These are the kinds of people they reached out to. Uh, these are the kinds of ways that the things that showed up in their hearts. And he says those things enough times that it should sober us, that yeah. it should. And, and a um, true story, this was a week ago. I'm sitting on the front porch with my wife, Joy, and 
who does just amazing floral kinds of things. <laughs> just funny you bring this up. So we were sitting there and she said, now see that plant right there? Um, and she pointed to this green plant that was about 12, 15 inches high. And she says, that just started growing up. Saying, she says, but I'm not sure what it is. Oh. She says, I'm not. So she said, she said, leave it there. Don't, yeah, I, she said, because I'm going to wait and see what happens. The bloom, the fruit. Yeah, yeah. so you're, there's some point, and this is what's interesting. You learn with the plants, because she was saying that, now she knows floral things yeah. far more than I do. I mean, I would look at that and say, that, Mar Marlena will tell you, I mow down everything in the yard. <laughs> Yeah, Joy has to stake off certain she things. She stakes off. Bruce, do not weed eat here. Do it's not, not a weed. Yellow tape. Do not yeah. cross this line. Yeah. Oh, that's so funny. But so, um, but then we're sitting there a day or two ago. We're sitting out, sitting on the porch again, and she said, um, I think we can pull that one up. And now the comedy, I don't even know what, the comedy is when we went to try and pull it up. Mm-hmm. It was very hard. In fact, it's still there. I'm going to have to get... Uh, it was... <laughs> and that's why you can uproot something good next to it. Yes. Because as you're uprooting that thing, it's going to tear up the soil. And no. there might be a really nice flower that she's trying to grow yeah, right next to it. Now, there's some kinds of weeds that are just stalky, and, and then they're just real easy to... Um, this is not that kind of thing. But we waited, and we waited and watched. Now, the good news is, in this case... We're pulling up. Part of what Bruce has been talking is, okay, there's a day when God's, God's going to do the pulling up. Yep. <clears throat> but he uses the image of gardeners, and we are gardeners. And so speaking to people, I think it's just reminding um, from the words of Jesus that the weeds can look a lot like the wheat and, and the the. Uh, weeds can look a lot like the the flowers at one stage or whatever, and we just constantly have to be in tune with reality that um, we could be the people the prophets were talking to. We right. can be the people Jesus is talking to, and I know I have been, and so now I'm just trying to take that far more seriously um, yeah, just it's it's the sobering. So while it's not my role to make, to to judge anyone, to condemn right. anyone, it is my role, and it is our role as followers of Jesus to make judgments every day, uh, discernments about things every day. Is this is this of the heart of God? Is this following the way of Christ? Is this following the way of love? Right. And and part of the reason I brought that up is because I feel like I sense, and you'll have to keep me in check, Raj. But I, I sense in episode two. There are some things we need to call out on our culture that have been attached to Christian that are not the way of Jesus, that are not in mm -hmm. accordance with the heart of God. And I, I am by nature a chicken, and I want people to like me, but I just realize I can't, I can't stay there. It, 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 we're to be a light that shines in darkness, and that means we have to make discernments. We have to make judgments about things without judging a person, condemning yeah. a person, trying to root out this person's in, this person's out. I'm not talking about that. But where we see pervasive, this is not the way of Christ. Even if it's, been, even if it's being perpetrated, perpetrated by churches or by church leaders, 
our dog's in the camera. Actually, I shouldn't say our dog. It's it's my dog. <laughs> Who knew that he had a? Turns out he loves old crow. He loves old crow. <laughs> okay, go away, dog. But I feel like I think one of the things that 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 got us challenging me on, and that'll be part of our journey this year, is to is to talk about some hard things that just maybe with with the humility of your words partly wrong say i'm not sure this is aligned with the heart of god i think we're missing something here even if it's very counter christian culture right now yeah yeah i think we need to have some what if conversations and you um is it possible um and and i think <clears throat> We know even a doctor can make a mistake. Yes. A doctor can make a, a misdiagnosis. Yep. And we want doctors to have humility, but we also want them to have courage. We want a doctor, if a doctor's concerned about a spot on my arm, I wanted to talk about that. Yeah. I would love for his concern to be unfounded, right? I would love in that case for that doctor, sure. for that not to, but if a doctor wouldn't share a concern, something would be wrong. And I think this is where we've got to, it's that combination of courage, non-chickenness, but humility. <laughs> humility. Courage where, and humility. Where, where we're, I'll tell you this, this is something Joy, my wife Joy and I were talking about recently. As we were thinking through some of the things that we, we are sensing maybe God is calling us to shine a spotlight on, to, to call out. Yes. And whenever there's that kind of moment, like I'm, I, I, like, I'm not sure I want to be a prophet because the prophets were, as the people would say, always bringing bad news, right? They're telling us things that are wrong. They're telling us what's wrong with us or they're telling what, you well, know. And they got stumped a lot. Yeah, that it, yes. Prophet was the uh, life expectancy of a prophet. <laughs> I would love to see the numbers. They probably never made it past 58. Like an NFL football player. Yeah. Um, so, but Joy and I found ourselves asking God for three things. So give us mm. humility, give us courage, and give us discernment. Yes. And it is, it's, so that's going to help. You're got to help us, God, walk in this. But we want to be the doctor who, even though he or she could be wrong, will still say something. Because if there's cancer forming, you, you want to know that. Right. And you, you want to catch want to it know that. before it takes root. Yep. Before there's... Um, and so there is this calling for us who are followers of Jesus. You can't escape. There's, there is a certain... Well, I don't, I don't even like the word correct... But where we can say, um, I've got a concern. And I think we just need to have some of those conversations where we say, I have a concern. And I'll warn you, if anyone comes up to you with that, you're, you're going to want to shut them down. You're going to not want to listen. You're going you're gonna to immediately feel defense mode. I, you know, I... Yep. But in the Christian community, we desperately need to be having conversations. In my best moments, in my best moments, I welcome someone saying, you know, I've got some concerns. I, I, a, a week and a half ago, 
I had someone send me an email and the, and the heading was concerns. And my, and my first thought was, oh my, you know, and it's not, really? I, I, I don't, you know, um, but then the reminder from God, uh, the only way you'll ever learn where you can be wrong is if people share concerns. And, and so this person who was contacting me was living out the heart of God as a humble doctor mm. to say, here, I've got some concerns, and they shared that with me. And I just think we need to be, we need, that's, that's an act of love. And, and particularly better, if we're not- Better open rebuke than hidden love. Yes. One of the, pro, one of the, prof, uh, one of the uh, proverbs. But one of the things that keeps us from doing that is, well, I could be wrong. Right. And that's the, the tension t- yeah. we're always dealing with. But when you're coming in, and that spirit, I'm not coming in as your judge. And actually, if you can start a concerned conversation with, listen, I may be wrong. It's, it'll shock you, but it's happened an awful lot for me. So I could be wrong here, but I couldn't avoid, I just feel like there was something that's just a concern. Can I talk to you about that? Um, and so, I, yeah, I'm asking God to give me the courage to do that, to do it with humility, and then the discernment. What to say, what to speak on, where, where, um, and that's a that's a hard place. I think we should try this. Hey, Roger. I don't have a good feeling about this. <laughs> I've got some concerns. Um, well, maybe we can talk in twenty twenty one. Maybe I was. I've got a free time. Maybe February of next year. I was. I, my concerns would probably engage earlier than that, <laughs> and. If it was a real problem, you don't want it to grow and take root by February. Okay, okay, I failed that. Try me again. I'll, uh, try me again on that one. Okay. Hey, Roger, I could be wrong, but I've, I've got some concerns. Oh, my goodness. I've been dying for someone to tell me about their concerns. Nobody will ever share their concerns. Can we talk about it right now? We can talk about it right now. That's great. You're wearing white socks with black tennis shoes. Yes. That concerns me. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. That's that. It's very every. It. I'm just. I'm not judging. I'm making a fashion discernment, which is when you if you're gonna wear black tennis shoes, you wear black socks. If you're gonna wear white tennis shoes, you wear white socks. Everybody knows that. Well, you can be thankful that they aren't white socks with sandals. Oh, that's, I, I've seen oh, that tragedy I'd before. Have, I have more than concerns at that point. What do you call it when it's the next level? It's beyond a concern. I have a judgment. Of course, for any of our listeners who that is your preferred style, we're certainly not judging you. We're just mildly laughing. I'm just you. trying to help you help me help you help Roger right and now. And I need lots of help. So I'm excited about about season two because I do think I love those three words. I'm gonna I want to repeat those for our listeners. That's good. Humility, courage, discernment. Because if I don't have all three of those, I will ser- I, I won't yeah. address certain things because of the potential. Yeah. I'll just I'll just avoid it. But I believe that part of even part of Inglorious Pastors, part of our call, and it's interesting that we're I mean we're a little bit outside our normal leadership roles in a local church. And it's sometimes you can get, you get a little more of a bird's eye view of some things, but I think part of our role in this season, plus we're in our fifties is to humbly and courageously 
discern some things in our culture that may not be healthy, that may not be in line with the heart of God, and talk about those on our podcast. So I'm just, I'm warning our listeners <laughs> as well. As, and, you, and if you have concerns, by all means, share them with us. It's Roger at RogerEMartin.com. And then Roger can share them with me if it applies. And I'm just thinking uh, on this trail, <laughs> we might have a dearth of sponsors. <laughs> you know, We're going to be digging into the weeds and getting into some really controversial things in this season. Why don't you jump on board and sponsor that? I'm trying to think who would be the, let's see, what kind of person would love to sponsor? We're going to have really controversial episodes. Well, here's the thing. I mean, it's like, what's the, it's like Jerry Springer. He talks about, you know, controversial stuff all the time. Everybody wants to, well, that's not true. Not everyone wants to advertise. That was, forget I said that. That was actually a bad analogy. But I'm sure there's some people that want to engage controversial subjects and have their business soar as a result of said conversations. Or somebody could just want to pay us to talk about the hard stuff because they don't want to. Anonymously. And there you go. We, this is huge. <laughs> we are not opposed at any level to having an anonymous sponsor. I just want you to know that. What we'll say at the beginning of the episode is, this episode is being sponsored by... A delightful person we don't know. <laughs> someone that will rename... That will remain nameless at this time. No, that's a great idea, the anonymous sponsor. Yes. All right. We we decided that. um, I love the way we can do executive decisions as we're on the move. Yep. It's a gift. It's a gift. So if you want to sponsor us anonymously, just send a check to us. We'll show you how. (laughs) And we'll make sure that no one knows who did that. At all. Ever. Until we meet again. Yes. By way of podcast. For for episode three of season two of the Inglorious. Pastor. You you picked up on this. I was going to say the Inglorious. Maybe that could become a shtick. I say Inglorious. You say. Uh, let's talk about that off camera. It's kind of like a cheer. I yeah. say glorious. You say bastards. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Okay, guys, we'll see you in another week. Bye.